0: You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Got me and uh, my dear friend, Mr. Matthew Reeves, on the line today. That's all,
1: all you can call me. Don't call me a deer hunter. Just a just a deer friend. That's all I am a deer right friend.
0: now. <laughs> Not my deer hunting buddy. My deer buddy.
1: Yeah, we just... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm your support system right now.
0: <laughs> no, man, I feel like you've been my support system all season long. Uh, let me tell you, everybody listening to this, if you take deer hunting really seriously, like really seriously, like like a lot of us do, and it messes with your mind, messes with your with everything like that's how it does to me. When I go to missing deer, when I miss opportunities at big bucks or don't recover a deer or whatever, those type of things, dude, it absolutely wrecks my life. And you need it to find it, yourself a friend like Mr. Matthew Reeves.
1: It'll because, it'll eat uh, you up.
0: He's he's uh, always a good encouragement. Every time it happens, oh man, just means the story's getting better. You
1: just just <laughs> just add on to it, tack on to it. not I I've got friends that i call you know I'll, I'll call you be like man what's what i do i, I called you on that buck i shot and mm-hmm. i just did not feel good about it and you're like well man maybe, maybe he's just laid up you know just that little that little push everybody needs not to go pure insane when when you know you know what the outcome really is you just need somebody to lie to you for a little bit you know
0: what sucks are the friends who give you the real honest truth when you don't want <laughs> yeah,
1: it yeah <laughs> you shot that deer in the hoof. You ain't gonna find it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you but that, that's man. a
1: that's a whole that's a whole another rabbit hole we could get down on that. And that may, we,
0: favorite, hey, before we get off of this, my least favorite one are the ones that the guys when you send pictures of blood and they say, "Oh, oh man, it looks like muscle blood." Well, shut yep. up.
1: <laughs> oh, it looks like you hit him in no man's land. We should we we should do a pod a a podcast in the off season about about that about how to select your your hunting coping friends. That that's what it could be.
0: (laughs) That's awesome because it's important, man. I've had friends who are not encouraging, and I've had friends who are encouraging, and it's always good to have encouraging friends. And I hope that I can be that to other people. But um, but we're gonna talk about some swamp hunting today. Um just got off of a trip you and i both we were hunting a little bit different scenarios yeah uh, i was in a
1: windproof shooting house
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you were in there uh just kind of i, 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 guess, just, I, guess I you, you were watching you were flexing on us though when we were sitting I, I out in the it. wind sitting out in the yeah, cold that, 20, that 20 first mile hour was wind.
1: rough it's I felt up, man. I felt I was I felt guilty though Parker. I felt very bad that I was sitting in a shooting house. I couldn't hear like if a deer walked up, I couldn't hear it walk up. I was just watching a field. Right. And I know everybody has their own definition of hunting and that plays a a big role for a lot of people is the shooting house hunting, but I just it just did not feel right for me I felt like I needed to be in the stand trying to figure out a pinch and strategize but no I just climbed up some stairs sat in the in the shooting house drank a diet coke ate some snacks and watched some deer in the field you know just
0: but you also I mean I think it's easy for us to say that oh that kind of hunting's easy and it kind of it is but you didn't see any shooter bucks that that trip No, no no and that's
1: time in the stand with shooting houses. That's, that's the thing, but I wasn't trying to go out and find them. I was just sitting in a, in a stand and yeah, hoping, you know, um, but you, you saw more rack bucks than I did. And, uh, that was, you know, that was pretty crazy.
0: It was a, it was a really fun trip. Dad actually came down and, uh, it was a little bit closer for him to drive to that part of Alabama. So he just Came down for a few days, and we got an Airbnb, slept comfortable, and uh, typically on those kind of trips, I am not comfortable at all because I just sleep in my truck and yeah roll with it. You know, you you
1: you were high rolling on that Airbnb too, the old duplex special. Yeah, yeah, we got
0: (laughs) it was rough. I mean, it was kind (laughs) of hey, it's better better than the the bed bug
1: bed bug hotel. It's better than that.
0: Yeah, that one was rough. I mean not comparable at all the the bed bug experience of 20 what year was that 2020 yeah
1: 2020
0: that was pretty bad um (laughs) i don't think it will be man i don't think i could go a whole lot of places and pay that amount of money to sleep in that bad of a motel
1: yeah that that was uh
0: it was like 50 bucks a night i think wasn't it
1: yeah yeah it was and, and they just they they got you. The, the, it was more had, like how
0: to go fact. to a gas how to go
1: to a gas station to reserve your your room. So that that should tell you
0: <laughs> It Should tell you everything you need to know. But it was more like that that place was more like you you should pay somebody money to stay there as a yeah. challenge.
1: Yeah, like a fear factor episode. Like or a something. fear factor. Yeah. yeah,
0: it wasn't the kind of place that you pay money to stay in. No, for sure. But. <laughs>
1: You could have no. gutted a deer in the shower, and they would have never known.
0: <laughs> I think somebody probably did at some point. <laughs> yeah,
1: no this kidding. Murder,
0: murder scene. Yeah, it was rough. But
1: God. but anyway, no. hey, regardless of where we stayed, what we did, we got down in the water, knee deep in the swamps. Yep. And that's what we're here to talk about.
0: Yeah, and it's been a growing thing for me. Cause I've I've kind of cut my teeth on uh, this style of hunting, you know, run and gun, public land hunting uh, in the hills, right, and with steep yeah. terrain. And even if it's not steep, it's rolling terrain, you know. And um, for the most part, that's what we deal with where we're at in Alabama. But every year, I've tried to do at least one trip into like more of a swampy area there's a particular wma here in alabama that is pretty swampy that i've hunted a lot in the past with no success i've shot a couple does out there and that's it um but i've done it every single year uh i'll travel further south and hunt some of that which is what we did this past weekend last year i went to mississippi and hunted over there and then in some swampy land out there Then i also hunted uh, in florida the last i mean off and on for three or four years in more mm-hmm. swampy stuff and what i found is i've been able to um find some consistent themes throughout no matter which state i'm in even kentucky i've hunted some swamp swampy stuff in kentucky and no matter what state i'm in there are some consistencies within the way that deer use that type of habitat and I've gotten closer and closer and closer and finally sealed the deal on a buck this past weekend, which was my third and final buck of Alabama season. Yep, yep. Which was uh which was cool. I mean, it's always fun whenever me and dad can be successful together, you know.
1: Yeah, you don't have to make the phone call. He's there with you. I mean yep. he's there that, with you. That's me. so much better.
0: And I'll I'll tell the story of how it happened real quick before we because it was kind of a funny it was kind of a funny hunt. Um, there was a lot of pressure on this hunt. This this public area is ninety percent only accessible by boat, so it, there's already a pretty steep barrier for entry, I guess, within that within this this place. And um, and so it does cut down the pressure a little bit, but what pressure is there is coming from. It's all coming from boats. Um, and so there was, there was quite a few boats there. I think most hunts we got walked in on in some way. Uh, my, the hunt that I shot my buck on, uh, I had a guy that was set up like 75 yards behind me, um, which was a crazy story in and of itself. Yeah,
1: no, no idea you were there.
0: Yeah. No clue that I was there. I was flashing with the light the whole time while he was walking in, but he didn't know I was there. Um, turns out, I mean. After we shot, after I shot the buck, whatever, I was walking out to take my stuff out to the, uh, to the shore so dad can come pick me up. And, uh, <laughs> this guy, he had got, he had basically fallen out of his saddle. Um, one of his sticks wasn't on the tree tight enough and it slid down and put, and he wasn't unhooked from his tether. So it put all this tension in, the, in his tether and he couldn't get it out. So it was like kind of a good thing that we were there because we were able to kind of help him and he eventually got unstuck and it was all good. But actually, I had heard him rattle earlier that morning. That's how close he was to Um. Anyway, so I guess kind of moving along, we had seen a lot of pressure, um, but there was a lot of deer in the area. We were seeing deer every single hunt. Um, And so I'd found this spot that had a lot of really cool features. So within talking about swamps, We have talked a lot about like swamp edges or edges of these beaver pond type swamps uh, that deer, I mean, those edges make great funnels all throughout Mm -hmm. real swampy habitat. There's land bridges, there's shallow spots that they cross through. And then just being on the edge of a swamp is already a pretty good spot because deer are going to use that edge. Um, And so this had this giant beaver pond that went up uh probably it was it was real big it was big it was it was almost it wasn't a small lake it was a big pond I'll say that um yeah a big slough type pond and it went within probably 60 yards of a thicket so and when I say thicket I mean like really really thick um deer would move through it but they wouldn't be moving through it quickly they'd be living in it kind of doing their thing and so it made that that slew made a a perfect funnel right there but also what you couldn't really tell from the map was the hardwoods there was a a clump of hardwoods that met those really really thick pines and the part you couldn't see from the map is there's actually another transition um in those pines that was like a it was like a it was like a marsh it almost looked like really, really thick Texas brush country. That's the yep, only way yep. I can describe it. Just really, I just
1: branched. I just pulled it up, uh, just because I was trying to refresh myself with every everything you're saying, and with with hard edges and basically what it had like three or four really hard edges
0: throughout yeah. the whole thing, plus because, the funnel of that slew, plus yeah, a power line that was coming through it. You know, like there was all kinds of things. About that spot, that were just really, really nice.
1: I mean, it really necked nice. all ev- any kind of deer movement down mm-hmm. to right there. um yeah. And and when you sent me a picture, I, I guess after you shot of what it looked like, and I was like, "God, get me off this green field!" You know, I've, I, that's where I want to be.
0: Hey, dude, seriously, no, no kidding. When the sun started coming up, and I realized that I had set up so perfectly in this spot um and that sun started coming up and I started actually looking at it I was like this is the most confident I've been in a spot all season long all now, season were you, long. were you facing east or west I was facing north You you facing north okay I was faced toward yeah I was facing north um I wanted to see that transition from the pines to the hardwoods to the that thick whatever it was. I really wanted to see that three-way that t Mm -hmm. every deer that i saw in there came out from a different direction but they all were going to that that exact spot like there was a trail that came out right there because both of these thickets were super super thick so i can imagine where they met up there was a little bit of a break that those deer could get through hey guys as most of you know censorship for hunters and anglers is completely out of control so we've partnered with the social media platform go wild to combat the mainstream social media censorship go wild was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you go wild is a free social community not only are your photos not censored they're actually encouraged on go wild they give you points for things like sharing your trophies gear reviews and inviting other friends as you earn points you unlock awesome rewards too Like gift cards, free stuff like knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit GoWild.com to get started. Six Day Grind Coffee Co. is made for people like you. The ones out there grinding to reach your goals every single day. Whether it's 3 a.m. wake-up calls to get into the woods, or just getting through your workday, A good cup of high-quality coffee to start your day is imperative. When you buy from Six Day Grind, you not only get a great bag of premium roasted coffee, you also have the opportunity to support conservation through their Coffee for Your Cause program, where 10% of your purchase goes to the conservation organization of your choice. Check out 6 com today. That's the word 6 followed by DayGrindCoffeeCo.com.
1: So, Parker, real, real quick, a cool thing that I thought thought about this sip it was kind of like your Kentucky buck. It was a blind sit. You had never scouted it before. You just went in there and you hunted. And that's kind of what you did here. And I've got a saying, you know, that I like to do is just follow my feet. You know, you can do all the map scouting you want to, but your feet as a woodsman, outdoorsman, are going to tell you, you know, where to set up. So, I, you know. I applaud you for how good you did on a blind hunt to get in there, trust your feet. You did your homework on the map scout, and then you got right in the perfect situation. And like you said, when the sun came up, you were like, heck yeah. You know, it it all finally worked out. Because how many times have you climbed up in a tree and been like, dang it. I need to be 50 yards over this way. You know, it doesn't have, it doesn't always line up like that all the time. So when it does, Mm -hmm. I mean, you see what happens
0: there there's like i really like those blind sits and i I, i've seemed to had pretty decent success um on bucks especially with blind sits like that uh another one was the kentucky buck that i killed this year um that was a blind sit going in to a spot and a deer kind of doing what i thought it was going to do now that one was more terrain based movement Mm -hmm. i feel like which is a little bit different from a swamp but i'm starting to try to Put these things together, um, with swamp hunting. There are so, there are multiple things that cross over from flatland to hill hill country type properties. There's multiple things that are uh, what's what's the right word consistent, I guess, across mm-hmm. all those things. But um, deer definitely do different things when there's uh, not any terrain.
1: Yeah,
0: and you really have to depend on um water edges uh river cane is something that we have down in the south like these cane breaks and most of these things are you can see you can see some of it from a map um you can sometimes see the swamps from a map um it, you at least know where the main part of the swamp is but you don't always know where there's going to be you know waist deep water in this yep. type of country so you have got to go and see a lot of this stuff Um, and when you said follow your feet, it really, um, it, to me, it meant something a little bit differently than what you were saying. Yeah. When I'm following my feet through a swamp, I'm walking on dry ground. Most of the time, I'm not just going to bust right through the heart of a swamp for Mm -hmm. no reason if I can get around it on dry ground. And so what I found is a lot of times the way that I navigate myself through swampy land that's probably a lot of how the deer are going to do it too.
1: Yeah. Did they um, did they want to walk through waste deep water? Probably not. You know, they, they will, don't have to but,
0: but yeah. if they don't have to, you know, there's no need to. So, so it's
1: just like like hill country, they're you know, if they can walk through a saddle or something and not have to climb straight up a hill, they're going to do something different.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I mean a lot of how you navigate through the woods can be very similar to a deer. But anyways, so moving on in this story, I, I found the spot that I really liked. And as the sun was coming up, I just knew I was like making plans to sit all day. Like trying to figure out how dad could go back and get my uncle because my uncle was coming into town to hunt with us. Like just trying to figure all that out because I was gonna sit all day in this spot. Well then this guy comes up and I see him set up, but I didn't quite realize that he had set up that close to me. Um when he came in. He was very, very close but I just couldn't tell. So probably 20 minutes after daylight, I see a deer coming out of the thick pines, walking straight to where the pines meets the uh, the thicket. And he's just basically cutting a corner of public, just barely cutting that corner. And I watched this deer for <sighs> a minute, just kind of ease his way through that corner. He probably, he probably walked on about, 50 to 60 yards worth of public land where I could have shot him. And I watched him and I pulled my scope up and looked at him and I'm like, "Ah, I can't tell, you know, obviously I can tell it's a rack buck. Can't really tell much about him. Uh I can tell he's halfway decent, you know, I can see that he's got mass. I'm just keep learning more and more about this deer as he's walking through, you know, going behind trees and I lose sight of him for a minute and I mean, it was a really hard <laughs> thing to do and uh finally he was just about to he was within probably 10 yards of getting back onto the private land and he was kind of angled away from me a little bit and i was like yep i'm gonna end my season right here
1: yeah
0: and so i shot well the deer tears out of there runs right underneath my tree i shoot at him again as he goes underneath my tree um then he kind of works his way off to my left, still plenty. He's going back deeper into public at this point. He made a big turn, and so I shot at him again as he was running off. Um, and I was kicking myself, man, freaking miss this deer. And I've I've missed a lot this year. And I, man, if I could tell you how I felt about that one, I uh,
1: hate it for you. It was
0: that was just... one of the,
1: that was one of those moments. You're beating yourself up already. mm
0: Hmm. I was done. I'm like, what? What did I text you, Matt? I said... uh, said, I'm
1: the worst shot or something. You said, I can't... I'm the worst shot or something. I'm the
0: worst shot in the world. Something like that. And, um, yeah. You don't
1: want to get those texts. So I had to... Mm
0: -mm. mm. Because when you go out in the woods, dude, with a rifle, like, you kind of... Those first... You know the feeling you get those first few sits with a rifle? Where you're like, oh, oh you I'm, freaking, I'm killing them anything. No, now yeah. I'm gonna freaking kill one. Something walks by, it's dead. Done deal. Uh, and that just ain't that ain't been the case for me this year, man. I just ain't had it. I ain't had I actually um I, I'm not one time on on any three of my Alabama bugs did I celebrate in the tree. <laughs>
1: we <laughs> we need to make like a video collage of, of you like shooting and just like putting your head down just like yeah. there's another the, one
0: and the first one
1: him.
0: the first one i thought he ran off like i thought i thought i missed him and there would have been a good chance of me missing that deer it was in some pretty thick stuff so mm-hmm. i mean it was three hours later when i walked over there and found him laying dead basically uh-huh. right where i shot him and then uh my second buck is the one that had the crazy story, jumped off a cliff and all that stuff. And then this third one was like, I guess I kind of gave away the ending. Anyway, so I (laughs) this deer runs off and I'm like, man, whatever. You suck. You're stupid. Uh take up another sport because you need to be done with this. So text dad and tell him he was like that had to be you and I was like, Yeah, it was. That was me, but I missed. So I sit all, I set pl- still planning to sit all day. Uh, I see some does come through and a spike chasing and they get kind of over where that deer was running at and they just locked up and turned around and ran off. Like I thought that was weird for a, a buck that was chasing a doe to see something weird enough that they just wanted to turn. And they were completely upwind of me. Like there was no reason for them to run at anything I did so i thought that was weird Uh, at this point i'm like i'm like probably 70 to 80 percent sure i've missed the buck uh Mm -hmm. but i was gonna get down i was gonna get down at about 10 30 just to make sure um and see if i could find any blood and then i was gonna pop back up in the tree so a spike comes in at i don't know probably uh nine o'clock comes rolling up and he gets right underneath my tree and puts his head to the ground and just wigs out like freezes up running around looking around finally looks up at me and sees me and then he puts his nose to the ground and he starts running that same trail that the first buck had run out like literally like a like a tracking dog following that track and i thought man that he's he's on something so i pull up my binos and by the spot where that deer was standing at where that spike was sniffing at and I see just nothing but blood I mean as far as my as far as I can see I'm up with my binos I'm seeing blood on the ground so then here comes the shakes I get to shaking and I call my dad I'm like oh, I think I got him you know like you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> two hours after you like two and a half
0: hours later oh dad I got it I shot the buck um so I get down and he was 75 yards off and the shot actually wasn't that bad. It was a little back, back of the lungs out the liver. So it was, uh, it ended up being a pretty good shot. But man, like we talked about before with hunting, hunting, hunting anything that's different, let's say anything that's different than what you're used to, mm-hmm. uh, it's just like this constant repetition. You kind of have to go back to, um, whenever I hunt hills, I don't know if you're the same way, but whenever I hunt hills, I kind of just feel like I know what to look for. Like, yeah, like I'm, I I know what I'm looking for. And most of the time it's what I'm looking for. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's kind of like, Hey, that's it. I know it's that let's go with it. And mm-hmm. then you get, you get kind of off our roots, you know, and do swamp and it's kind of learning it all over again. And I've, I've hunted if my fair share of swamps killed a few deer in them. And it's, it's and it and it differs uh what regions you're in. Um Florida swamps could be a little bit different than Alabama swamps, even though you know most of them are in the south. But if you get into some northern swamps like some pond cypress and all that, it's it just all kind of has its own feel to it. Um mm-hmm. I was I was watching a video yesterday of Daniel Lemon with Do It Yourself Hunter uh that hunt and he was just walking through the woods and there's they're so those woods were so open and that's that's my flaw of hunting swamps is it's so open and a lot in ma- majority of the areas in the swamp it's wide open timber because the water the water raises up it washes the any undergrowth out and there's really nothing for deer to feed in so what are you going off of you know everything looks dead um, so yeah. you 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 find these waterways and travel corridors that pinches the deer down the sloughs and then <clears throat> I was talking to my dad when we went down there and I said I'm gonna get on this ridge. Well, a ridge in a swamp is completely different than a ridge up in the in hill country because um, mm-hmm. I've many of times have gone to a ridge and it just be straight off either side. And those deer, all those deer, can do is run up and down it. But getting a swamp, it may be a two foot difference in elevation. Mm-hmm. You know, just something, something crazy. You're going from one extreme to another, and but it's those subtle, subtle little features that set you apart being a swamp hunter. I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you you kind of mentioned that, but I was going to say like the high ground, higher ground, and it, a lot of time it's stuff that you're not going to see. On a map, it's not going to show up on topo. You know what I mean? In this type yeah. of country, and we did, a, we did an episode, Matt. Uh, it would have been before before you were around, but uh, it was with Caleb Gamble in Arkansas, and he was talking about you know like even taking note of that high ground, even if it, even if the high ground is flooded, that's still going to be the most likely place. That those deer are going to travel so if it's somewhere that you know somewhere you've been and you can make mental notes or even map out notes for the ground that you find that's a little bit higher that can still be great even if it's completely completely flooded and a lot of times yeah um a lot of times you'll find that the vegetation has opportunity to get a little bit thicker in those places so mm-hmm. what we know about bucks is they're gonna they're they're not going to live in open areas right uh, so if there is not very much thick cover in a swamp this is one of, this is something that I've learned at a particular place um that I've hunted a little bit here in the in the past most of it is open like wide open so it's incredibly easy to figure out where the deer are going to be held up at yeah You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's really hard when you got a lot of thick cover. Um, Some of the stuff I've hunted in Florida, uh, South Alabama, places that have had hurricane damage or whatever, like that real thick swamp stuff can be really hard to hunt. Um, But the open timber stuff, man, like, it can be some of the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, predictable. I guess because they're gonna be in those that thick cover yep. areas just so. around there. Yeah, and, and it's easy to talk about it like I'm like, oh yeah, whatever, you know. I yeah, now I know freaking everything. Like swamps absolutely timid- intimidate the heck out of me. Do you want to know more about saddle hunting? Well, you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment where everything works together and we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out
1: yeah they they're <laughs> flat land just i can i can look at a map on topo and i can tell you where a deer supposed to be Mo- most people that hunt hills can say hey a deer should be right here this is where they're going to travel let's set up somewhere here you you majority of the time you'll see deer flatland i can't do that I've i've either got to be be in touch with the woods knowing what acorns they're hitting. And and what's really cool about swamps too is a lot their oaks, uh water oaks, they will drop all throughout the season. So mm-hmm. where I where I was hunting this weekend, there was there weren't any dropping, but there were still water oaks on the ground. So in the red oak family, water oaks will wait and germinate until spring. White oaks, the reason they don't get hit all year is because once they hit the ground and come in contact, they begin their germination process. So just a little weird geeky forestry fact. If you go out in the woods today, probably around a white oak tree and all the acorns weren't ate up, you can go and pick one up and it'll have a root system already going into the ground. So you can kind of dictate, you know, you know, hey, it's November or it's December. They're not gonna be hitting white oaks because they've already germinated. Uh, so a little weird thing there, but there's different species too that run through the, the swamps, not all oaks that's big in Mississippi. Um, and they are some in South Alabama, but for the most part, it's water oaks. And I, and I don't know if you saw a bunch this, this weekend, but the crop down South was totally different from up North this year. Yeah. They, they're they everywhere down South.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what I was, I was finding a lot of, a lot of acorns on the ground. Um, it was it was a definitely a different altogether different experience than anything I've had in North Alabama this year. Um, yeah, anything anything like I would say anything that I went to in the north part of the state just seemed like it was pretty low. whether it was hill country land or flatter land, North Alabama has just been a lower acre crop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but one thing that I have noticed, as a, uh, I guess, consistency within these swampy areas. Um, or, or even you could say like water access areas. Um, when I, when I said the swamp intimidates me, it reminded me of this. Uh, a lot of places, a lot of these swampy areas are going to be water access places. Just, that's just kind of the nature of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so anywhere a lot of places in Mississippi, Louisiana, South Alabama, um, even South Georgia, you're going to have a lot of people, a lot more people using water access in those areas, but there is a, there's a pucker factor with, um, being in a boat in the dark. It seems like, um, this weekend, yeah. this weekend, we were the only people with a boat in the water before gray light. And there was a ton of people out in this area. That's that four that's or five hard to trucks, believe. Four or five trucks parked at this particular boat ramp. Um, and there's other people coming in from other boat ramps. Um, and every single time we were the only people there when we left, when when we got in the boat and went to our spots, we were the only people in the parking lot. And sure enough gray light gets here and there's people zipping all up and down so there is a legitimate like safety concern pucker factor that comes with being on the water in the dark and a lot of guys can't get over that um and i know with some of these guys it was just they slept in or whatever i'm sure it is but there is really a a noticeable absence of people before uh, before daylight and in the evenings they would leave before dark me and dad were yeah. sitting there hunting after i shot my buck we were hunting together and we were sitting there at prime time and there was like four boats that went by at that point yeah that driving
1: you leaving driving a driving a boat in the dark can uh can get you i mean whether it be hitting a log you know especially in those river systems when we get a lot of rain It'll mm-hmm. flush a lot of debris down, you know, big logs, limbs, whatever. That's what and broke my boat. Yeah. I was about, I was about to say, I, I didn't know if you were hit it in the... Did you hit it in the dark or during the daytime? Yeah, it was
0: dark. It was dark. Okay, it.
1: good. Because if you hit it in the daytime, I was going to give you a hard time. Um, <laughs> but that's just... I don't know. I've I've been in my boats. I've done the mini boats. I've done the duck hunting thing. And yeah, it is a little little sketchy you know especially if there's some fog rolling on the water Mm -hmm. um you've done enough in a kayak that you're you know you're comfortable enough with it you feel very safe in a boat now rather than a kayak that's two different two different worlds there's Um, a difference
0: in being worried about your boat and your equipment and being worried about your life
1: yeah Uh, yeah. when
0: you're in the kayak and you hit a stump or something especially if you got a motor of any kind on it you hit a stump or a log like I'm scared for my life at that you point.
1: turn turn over. I yeah. mean, I mean, did you watch the?
0: Did you watch? Speaking of do it yourself hunter, did you see Jeremy's story about? Yes. Falling in, I mean, it's just that easy for stuff like that to happen.
1: Scary. I was, I was waiting for, you know, waiting for footage, uh, for him to pull something out, you know, with a GoPro or something. But I hate, I hate. It, it was a total loss. Um, but glad he was okay. But I mean, Absolutely. that's just that's a risk you take and you you and I talked about it, you know, with, with letting people know where we are when we're hunting. Um, my dad knows my wife knows I think that's pretty much the same with you. You never know what could happen. You know, if, if Mm -hmm. you're by yourself on the water, which you are a lot. Um, and then I go to a lot of places with no service, you just never know. And in in the swamps, the boogeyman, you know, he'll come and get you.
0: Yeah. He does. I think some of Pablo's killer pigeons are probably around there too. The, the
1: killer pigeons there, the wild, <laughs> wild pigs. Look,
0: hey, hey, I didn't you share get, that story.
1: Yeah. Share, <laughs> you put, you put a grown man in the woods in the dark and you have a pig squeal within 50 yards of you. Mm-hmm. That'll show you what you made of right there.
0: Man, I had to, I had to shoot one right at dark, um, this, this week. Uh, I I was in a funnel, you know, we were talking about these land bridges and there's a lot of really good funnel type areas in swamps because the water really does help you in that way. And I was in this one spot where I had a really, really steep, for whatever reason, we're talking, this is flat land. Like there's not a whole lot of terrain, but there was a steep bank uh, ridge and it was really thick. That was right. I mean, like 20 yards to my left and then a swamp edge 5 yards to my right so i was in this like really really nice funnel where any animal that's coming through is going to have to pretty much go through that area yeah well it start getting really close to dark and i start hearing, hearing pigs squealing and uh anybody who knows that noise when it's not when it's close it's it's eerie sounding you know it's kind of yeah it's kind of scary um but I've hunted around pigs a lot in my life uh, and never had any real issues, you know, with anything. Well, I get down and I'm packing up my stuff. And what I did when I packed up my stuff, I always drop down my rifle and I attach my bino harness to my rifle when and I drop it from my pull rope. Well, I unhooked that stuff immediately, took my bino harness off and put my gun next to me just in case. And um, I quickly unhook my lineman's belt, all my stuff, and started packing up. Well, I'm packing up my sticks, and I hear them coming. <laughs> yeah, squealing, and I look up, and they're like 10 feet away from me, like a pile of pigs, a bunch of pigs, mm. like 10 feet away from me. It's like really close to dark, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I pull up my rifle. I would pretty much made up my mind, like, I wasn't gonna shoot a pig if I saw one from the tree, like while I'm hunting. Like I don't really have any desire to shoot one. Yeah. Well, whenever they're right there <laughs> where where you're trying to get out and all you need to, all that has to happen is you get somehow between mama and babies and you're gonna be in a in bad shape. So I like backed up real quick to my tree, shot one of the pigs and they all just kind of scattered and, and left. And uh dude that was wild. My journal was pumping on that thing. Man,
1: the, I could I could go on and on about pig stories. You saw all the all the pictures, and I've how many pigs parents. did
0: you kill this week?
1: I killed eight. Um, so <laughs> killed killed two in one shot. You know, neat things like that. Um, I killed one big boar hog, and pig. You know, I know a lot of people eat them. That's great, and I guess they haven't seen the things I've seen pigs do. Uh, but i i do not eat wild hog they are tell, me,
0: tell everybody what that pig was doing you, do, are you sure i can say
1: that on the podcast Dude, this is,
0: it's awesome it's gross <laughs> okay
1: crap, but... so these pigs they scare all the deer off we didn't see hardly any deer this weekend because there's so many pigs on this property and a deer will get in the field and they'll come and they'll i mean they will chase a deer down and run it off the field so they here comes like 20 hogs with a bunch of little ones and They're out there feeding. Well, all of a sudden I hear. And uh, here comes a boar hog. He just, you know, comes prancing out there, popping his jaws. And uh, he's kind of like over there messing with this sow. I guess they were rutting too. And uh, they kind of like slow down. And I'm waiting for him to like mount her or something, you know, just close my eyes and not watch.
0: Your mind was in the gutter.
1: Pig stuff go on. Well, this pit, this sow stops and she starts peeing. Well, the next thing I know, this dang boar puts his face up under her like he's drinking from a dang fountain drink and just guzzles it down, just like <laughs> chugs it.
0: That's some, kinky, that's some kinky stuff man and
1: i'm like <laughs> you've got to be kidding me i mean and just like so like so they made all this racket before he drank the piss and then he drinks it and they didn't make another sound all afternoon parker it's like hey, that was his shut up juice <laughs> it was the weirdest thing so anyways
0: so you aren't so, you ain't gonna be eating any big old boar hogs anytime no, soon. No,
1: no, or or sows. So I shot I shot Mama pig and I ended up killing three that evening. And then the next so so this boar, he was popping his jaw and he got a foaming at the mouth. Like he just had foam built up around his tusk. And so the next morning I told you I was gonna get down and walk around, walked around, went to another field full of pigs. And I was about to shoot all of them and they ran away. Well, so I'm walking out. Well, that boar hog I saw, he was in the other field. Now I was like, "Ah, it's bad day for him." So I these pigs can't see, so I like walk, run out there like 50 yards, sit down Indian style in the middle of the field, and just shoot him, you know, drop him. (laughs) Well, I get up over there to him, and you know, I shot Mamba pig the the day before. All her piglets were with him. There was like five piglets (laughs) just hanging around him. And I'm walking up there and they're all just like standing there. So I was going to try to catch one. And uh, that didn't go up too well. Uh, if I had my AR, I would have just shot all of them. But I had my deer rifle and didn't want to waste all the bullets. But uh, yeah. just, just pigs are nasty. I just, if you see one, shoot one.
0: They're God. my favorite. A uh, Like a 40 pounder is probably my favorite meat in the woods. Well, you keep eating that pea saturated
1: meat that's fine
0: yeah I mean you know they say you are what you eat and uh, (laughs) I don't know they have a that's just kind of there was a lady
1: (laughs) there was a lady at the gas station down there I told her that we had shot some pigs and she goes what did you eat them and I said "Uh, no ma'am what you talking about you didn't eat on them pigs and she just went on and on, and she said, "I'm a redneck. I love some wild pig." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, ma'am, I can get you all the pigs you want if you if you want to have a good barbecue tonight."
0: I, I doing doing the full hog roast is like one of my favorite meals. It's so good. Um, I
1: think it it would be cool. I've just I've seen too much, man. It's
0: kind of like it's kind of like eating your dinner off a truck stop toilet seat, you know. Just probably wouldn't know probably would be a thing different
1: I mean and, and people you know people will say don't eat a boar hog I'm not going to eat a boar hog I've, they're, they're the nastiest clearly Um a sow probably pretty decent
0: yeah well I don't judge people for not eating them they got to be shot they yeah,
1: be I think they're going to run the deer off eventually yep. a lot of competition between them turkeys there's only so much food out there and a, a pig's a lot meaner than a deer. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's another challenge, you know, that you come to in hunting low-lying areas like swamps. A lot of the southern swamps do have pigs, and you gotta—you kind of have to navigate them. Any places that I find just a ton, a ton of pig sign, I don't see yeah. nearly as much deer sign. So no, and
1: and sometimes the pig sign will look like deer sign, feed sign, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you—you you can get early season looking on a trail looking under a feed tree you're like oh man these deer really done it i did that in florida a couple times and it was just pigs um and like you said trails um that's tough because they'll they'll make a trail
0: absolutely they will
1: and their tracks can look similar too if it's in like really muddy stuff Mm -hmm. and you can't see a fine print it'll it'll trip you up
0: yeah it will yeah it's just things you got to kind of get used to when you start hunting those areas so Man, we'll keep it short, um, short and sweet, to the point on this one. But I just yeah. thought it'd be cool to kind of just t- talk through this story, this last buck, but also just kind of share my thoughts and and your thoughts on kind of how we've been growing in um, hunting different different styles. You know, yeah, the swamp it, always, it it always it paid helped. off for you this Absolutely. year. Absolutely,
1: did. Sure did. So I'm gonna keep hunting. And try to, try to fill a couple tags before we get done. I think I got about three and a half weeks left. So we're not done yet.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. And as always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Tethered, Spartan Forge, and Six Day Grind Coffee Company. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.